Welcome to Group Talk, a podcast conversation from the Small Group Network, focusing on topics relevant to small groups ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you are a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax and listen to today's program. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Group Talk. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Carolyn Takeda, your host and the Small Groups Pastor at Calvary Community Church in Westlake Village, California. So I have a question for you. How many video conference calls have you attended this week? Um, It's now late April, and we've been in a pandemic crisis due to COVID-19, and we've all been, at least in the United States and many other countries, have been living under stay-at-home orders for well over a month now. And for many of us, that's meant that we're working from home and increasingly have meetings over video conferencing platforms like Zoom or Google Hangout or Skype. So we're all spending lots of time online staring at screens. And with all of our churches switching to online services, which is a great tool during the season, um, and encouraging our small groups to all meet online as well. And of course, all of our regular staff and ministry volunteer team meetings, they're all happening online. Um, So as church leaders, we're starting to experience what many in the business world have already identified as, quote, Zoom fatigue. And I recently had several um, video conferencing meetings actually on Zoom with various types of small group leaders at my church. And it was great to hear how they were meeting more consistently. I love seeing their faces and getting some interaction between them um, and hearing some positives of why online meetings were helpful. But I also heard a bunch of leaders talk about the challenges of being up for another video uh, small group meeting after being wiped out from video conferencing all day for work. One small group leader told me he spends 12 to 14 hours hours on video conferencing with people um, in offices all over the world, and he's just wiped out and just not up for it. Um, So the last thing these leaders and group members want is another virtual meeting. But this is the space in which we live these days and probably going forward to some extent. And so last week, I saw an article from my good friend, Chris Arat, who's also a great friend of the Small Group Network, on tips for overcoming virtual meeting fatigue. And so I thought this is a great conversation. I invite him to come and talk with us about this topic. So thanks so much, Chris, for being on Group Talk again. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited to be here again. I was wondering if maybe I could be considered like an adjunct co-host at this point. I almost I almost feel like you should, really, because you, I think you definitely hold a record for being the uh, most frequent guest. And you're such an easy interview for us. And you're such a great friend of the network. It's so smooth. So thank you for being so kind. And we'll make you our adjunct podcast host. Podcast host. <laughs> yeah, I'll put it in my, uh, my bio, my official bio. Adjunct. Your official bio. Right. Because, <laughs> of course, you have your own podcast, of course, um, with Lifeway. But let me tell you briefly about Chris, if you have not um, heard him before. He is a ministry consultant and coach with more than 20 years of experience serving the local church in various capacities. He's the discipleship and small group specialist for Lifeway Christian Resources in Nashville, um, Tennessee. And he's the author of Small Groups for the Rest of Us, Gospel-Centered Small Groups, and Leading Small Groups, How to Gather, Launch, Lead, and Multiply Your Small Groups. Yes, I realize that small group is in all three of your topics um, for your book. It's, it's kind of my whole life, yes. It's kind of kind of your thing. Um, and I do want to give a shout out to Lifeway because right when this COVID-19 hit, um, I, I got emails from Lifeway, not even through Chris. I don't even know if you have any pull or anything, but I get these emails inviting me to free resources um, and just giving away stuff to help um, churches and to partner with us and come alongside us during the season. And so there was a free curriculum that they were giving um, called Pursuit of God in Isolation 
information, which is excellent that I forwarded on to our small group leaders. So thank you for whatever it is you're doing over there. I don't know if you're even involved, but we're fans. I I had absolutely nothing to do with that, but I uh, (laughs) I will pass it on to those who did. Our custom team is amazing. They pulled that together in like two days and put it out there. And I'm glad it's been a blessing. Wow. And you can just take the credit. No one would know. (sighs) You know, I would know. God would know. Uh, there's that whole integrity thing. Yes. So this is why we love you. All right. So Chris, how many video conferencing calls um, have you engaged in this week versus around the same time last year This in a week? Oh, man. Um, you know, it's definitely a lot more. I mean, our lives are pretty much dominated by little boxes on our screens <laughs> with yes. little, little people in them. Um, I would say probably at least triple the amount of screen time from a year ago. Now, our, our company has been doing Zoom since, you know, for several years. It's integrated into our work life. We have people that work mm-hmm. remote, and so some of our meetings involve Zoom. But normally, they're Zoom plus, you know, a few people in the room. So there's right. like one person on Zoom on a TV on the wall, and everybody else is physical. But, you know, for the past, what, two months or so, it's been all Zoom. So it's all Zoom all the time. <laughs> You know, I saw a meme that said they were starting to dream in Zoom uh, grid with the faces. <laughs> then you know you've like gone over when you're starting to dream in that. Um, for most of us in church world, say, you know, you're in a different environment. I think um, for a lot of us, I didn't even have a Zoom account until two months ago. Mm. Um, because, and I used uh, Google Hangout or some other thing just for those intermittent ones. Maybe I'd have one a week at most. And now I spend hours on video conferencing, and I'm finding it really tiring. Um, but let's talk yes. about that. Why, you know, now that we've been doing this for a while, um, you know, and we're used to a lot of meetings. You know, in small groups ministry, we spend time with people. And yes. running churches, we spend a lot of time in meetings. So that's kind of a reality of life, and we're used to that. But somehow these virtual meetings seem more tiring than physical meetings. They feel longer. Um, not quite sure why that is. Yeah, I you know I didn't really realize it. Uh, you know, we've you know, like I said, we've done a lot of Zoom meetings, and normally there's more interaction in the room and with the Zoom. And something about it all being on your screen, you're um, consuming, you know, a lot more than you're participating. Yes, uh, you have to lock in more on one location with your eyes. You know, I've read a lot of, you know, how do you have a great online meeting, and a lot of the the, the experts, and, and I'll say this, I'm not an expert on any of this. Um, I did the Enneagram episode <laughs> with you a few months ago, and this is the same thing. I just, you know, I'm not You're not expert. a neuroscientist or a cognitive scientist or a physiologist. I mean, I just feel like let's keep finding topics where you're an enthusiast and not an expert. None, none of those things. I feel very intimidated because I think the last <laughs> episode you did was with your sister, who's a Who was a clinical psychologist. Yeah. Yes, yes. And so I am not even in that league at all, but I am a Zoom enthusiast, I guess you could call it. Like all of us. Well, the irony of this topic is, of course, that we're taping this over Zoom. Yeah, that is that is true. But anyways, I, actually, I was assigned this article um, to write this article uh, by Facts and Trends at Lifeway originally, and she reached out to myself and Brian Daniel, who's my co-host of Group Answers, and said, hey, I think this would be an interesting topic for you guys to write about. And I thought, yeah, I, I'm not really an expert, but I'm feeling the fatigue. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm doing small group online now. I know a lot of churches that are doing all their small groups online. I'm, I'm hearing from some, some churches that their 
participation in the Zoom groups are kind of slacking off mm -hmm. because people are probably just getting tired of the technology and, and all of that. So I said, let me start digging into that. So I actually crowdsourced a lot of what ended up in the article. I reached out to some friends of mine who have been doing uh, Zoom meetings and uh, remote work for years. You know, they're experts at this. They've been doing it for a long time. They're in remote teams before right. even all of this hit. And so they were saying, yeah, you get tired. There's just something about always being online, staring at a screen, it just makes you tired. So most of the tips that I got that I put in the article came from people who've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. And I think some of the screen fatigue too, I've been reading is not just because we're using it for work, but we're also all on screens more, whether it's Netflix, whether it's um, calls with our families, um, whether we're helping kids with schoolwork. So we're on their calls. So there's just, uh, there's one layer is just screen time period. And then the second layer would probably be these meetings. Um, and so let's dive into these six uh, tips that you have. And um, I have a couple that I've just start to implement um, after I read your article mm -hmm. uh, as well as as well as the you know some other articles that people are this is a hot topic these days because we're all trying to figure out how to best manage this new world um, that we're living in so yeah so let's start off with um, the first of your six or maybe we'll come up with more yeah, I hope so. I'm sure there'll be better ones that people can come up with. And I was limited in words. There's there's a lot of things you can do. But the first tip that I gave to kind of overcome Zoom or meeting online meeting fatigue is schedule breaks between mm -hmm. online meetings. And I discovered this pretty quickly when I went completely remote uh, with my job. You know, normally at a job where you're in an office, and, and we would have a lot of meetings at Lifeway. And I know Church World, there's a lot of meetings that you're yes. going between, but there's usually at least a few minutes break in between. Like you've got to get on the elevator, you got to go to mm -hmm. the next floor, to the next conference room, or, you know, take a bathroom break and get right. the next meeting. And so it's just kind of understood that you can't go from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting. Well, in a digital world, all of those, um, those obstacles to having back-to-back -back meetings are gone. So all you have to do to go to your next meeting <laughs> is click your next link. So right. you go, and I've done this. I have spent an entire day, I did this uh, Thursday, where I went from one meeting, switched over to the next Zoom link, went to another meeting, you know, and just did this for four or five hours straight. And for the introvert uh, Enneagram that you are, I thought that was such a joy for you. <laughs> oh, it is. Although, you know, online is kind of fun because you can just like... Uh, Put your video away when you need to. And, I mean, that might be another having, clue. That might be yeah, another that actually might come good tip. In, in another one too, but yeah. But you know, I think a key to staying fresh with these meetings is making sure that you're building in some breaks between right. your other meetings. And this is more for you know your work than really your small group. Although, I mean, I guess if you lead several small groups, you could run those back to back to back as well. But you know, if you have some control over those meetings at work, just mm -hmm. give yourself 10 to 20 minutes between the meetings. You know, that's what you would normally have probably in a workplace where you can right. just kind of take a break and, and you'll, you'll feel that you'll, your, your brain will kind of refresh and you'll be able to think again if you just have a little bit of a buffer between those, those meetings. Yeah. And even if you can't take 15 to 20, I think just even five minutes of standing up yes. um, and walking around a little bit, looking out the window. Um, I, I think um, you're absolutely right because, you know, I sit in my home office and I could go you know, one, 
next thing, next thing, next thing. And, but just getting up, um, you know, really just to help. So even taking a deep breath, closing your eyes, just something to build in a buffer. Um, that's really, that's really helpful. Uh, we just touched on this about, you know, uh, not having the video on at times. And your second tip is kind of related to that. Um, yeah, the num- the second one was hard for me to write as an Enneagram 5, an introvert, <laughs> but it was use the phone occasionally. Now, I, I don't mean that you should use the phone all the time, but now that we've kind of gotten used to being on video, on Zoom, on Hangouts, we kind of forget about the old-fashioned you know phone. And what I'm discovering is I'm craving those one-on-one conversations that mm. come from just a phone call. I mean, I got a phone call just a couple of days ago from a coworker at Lifeway, and it was like, it was like a, a life raft. It was like, yes, <laughs> I want to talk to you. I really want to talk to you. And normally, for me, uh, a phone call is not in the top 100 things that I want to do in a day. You know, it's right. it's usually text first and right. 80 things down the list. Call me if you really, really have right. to. But I'm finding myself, I'm just, I'm loving having those conversations. And so I think that's a good thing. You know, if you're a small group leader, um, hopefully you're having some interaction through Zoom with your whole group, but maybe pick up the phone a few times yeah. during the week, call somebody in the group and have that one-on-one conversation with them. I'm, I'm, I'm not only loving it, I'm craving just conversations mm-hmm. with other people. And I think others are probably like me. Yeah. And I think you can do that without doing FaceTime or feeling like you have to do a video. I think just having the audio, our church has been going through and calling everyone on our database. And I've been, uh, I'm like you, I'm not a phone person. I'd much rather text and email because I'm all about efficiency. <laughs> But there is something about a phone call that is personal and warm, um, and people really appreciated um, getting a phone call, even from a stranger. And I think there is that desire and a craving for that connection. Um, And even, you know, I know um, we've said this to small groups, like if you're having a hard time with the video piece, then just call in. You can call into Zoom or call into one of the other, uh, Skype or one of the other platforms and not have the video function up. And I think that might make some people more more comfortable as well. Yeah, I did a Facebook Live this week, actually. And uh, one of the questions that came through was, how do we get group members who won't do Zoom Mm -hmm. to participate? And I think that's a great thing. I think some people are just afraid of the technology. Uh, Some people don't want to be on video. You know, it's it's a weird thing (laughs) because what I've noticed is if I don't minimize my personal video screen, I stare at myself about 90% of the time. I don't know why. <laughs> I I don't change that much in the call, but I'm always like, okay, is this hair? I don't have hair. But oh my gosh, hair, I'm so glad to hear you hear you What's say that, Chris. Yeah, you're usually I mean, you're usually. I would think you're so low maintenance, but like I, it, this is bringing out the worst in me. I just have to confess, I end up staring at myself too, and I'm like, why is my hair doing that? Um, and yes, and what's behind me? So I think having the video off is kind yeah. of nice but then it could, it could also feel antisocial, though don't you think like we were on a staff call and there was a handful of people that had the video off and everybody harassed them like okay what's going on that you have the video off and they're like you just it it's yeah. just too uncomfortable yeah and I, like i said in the in the article occasionally i think you know <laughs> most of the time it's good to see somebody but it may be an entry point for somebody in your group who's just not comfortable with mm-hmm. the with the video portion so i think that's a good point carolyn 
Yeah. Um, okay. So your third point is to build in breaks during longer meetings. Yeah. Talk about that. So how long a meeting do you think would require a break? Yeah, it, it's amazing. And we kind of talked about this at the top, but how much concentration it takes to do an online meeting. And what I've noticed, you know, if I've got a meeting with several people, like I was on a meeting the other day at work with like 30 people, that's 30 little screens up <laughs> on my screen. That's 30 backgrounds. Like I'm looking at yours right now. I see a some kind of a poster framed in the background. I'm trying to yes. read it. It's a little hard because it's a little blurry. I see some books over on the right. I'm trying to see if one of them is mine that I wrote. You know, oh, shoot. I should have done. I should stage this better. I know, but this is what I do 30 times during this phone call is I go through each little box and figure out everybody's background. It's fascinating. We're seeing people's homes, you know. Yes, which is actually kind of a nice perk. I think it, it humanizes us all. It is, but it's also exhausting because yes. we have these all these little things. Now, if you're in a normal meeting and uh, it, physical meeting with people, let's say you're at work and you're sitting in a conference room, you know, you have one pretty much setting to stare at. Mm -hmm. And that just that, you know, you can do that. So you kind of block that out of your brain. I read this on some site, uh, uh, psychologist site. So have your sister correct me on this. But <laughs> there's something about our brain that once we're in a familiar setting, it just kind of blocks mm -hmm. out. So we, we get the background. Well, it doesn't happen on a virtual call when we have all these different mm -hmm. backgrounds. So meetings that would normally, you know, be like two hours. Uh, in person can feel like three, four hours if they're yeah. on if they're online. Um, so I think it's smart to um, to just build in some breaks in those meetings so people have a chance to look at something else. And then I also encourage you if you're gonna if you're gonna take a break, don't stare at another screen. Because what I'll do... <laughs> like your phone. Like your phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I'll do is I'll pick up my phone or I'll look at my second monitor and start doing my calendar, you know, or returning right, an right. email during right. that meeting and not really taking a break from that screen. So, you know, it's just thinking about those, those things. And so if you're doing a small group, and it's uh, an hour and a half, two hour small group, you might want to build in like a 10, 15 minute, just mm -hmm. let's take a mind break here, go to the bathroom, do something else, and then come back together. And that, that helps a little bit. Yeah. And I've actually encouraged our small groups that typically meet about an hour and a half to um, keep it to an hour because it is hard to focus for that long um, and to watch if they're watching video or doing other curriculum um, to do that on their own time and then come where you're not staring at a screen together just mm -hmm. to kind of help that along. Other tips I heard about on the same point is that um, try to use pen and paper for taking notes mm -hmm. instead of taking notes on another screen. To your point, try to minimize looking at multiple screens. And I think in a regular physical meeting, uh, we can be excused for looking down at our phone or checking something if we're waiting for an urgent text or looking at the calendar notification for the next meeting. I mean, it's kind of just part of what we do. But um, because on a video conferencing call, you can see when people's eyes are no longer on you. Yes. So there's this much higher level of scrutiny. And so people feel like we're on all the time as well as our surrounding and our background and different things. So it, it does, there's a hyper-focus, you're right, that kind of makes us, um, you know, have to pay more attention, which is more tiring. Um, the other thing I, I found, and I don't know, this might just be because 
I'm odd this way, but I have found that if I'm in a longer meeting and I have a side chat open, like a Zoom lets you have a private chat on the side, mm-hmm. um, or I, then um, if I'm talking, you know, in a normal meeting, you could have an aside with a friend next to you, little comments. I don't know if that's rude, but sometimes it just is. And so I find that sometimes that keeps, keeps uh, you know, so something's happening on the, the meeting and then you're like, oh, here's, you know, here's a follow-up issue. How's, how did that work out or whatever, that it actually is really um, keeps my attention because I'm not just focused as, as highly on um, just everything happening on the screen. Now, does that yeah. make sense? Or is, do you think that's rude? Is it rude? Am I being rude, Chris? No, I, no, you are not a rude person. No. <laughs> no, but it is, you know, you'll notice when people start looking away from the screen and like, like you said, when I'm sitting in a meeting, like we've got these big windows at Lifeway. And so a lot of times during a meeting, especially a longer meeting, I'll just start looking out the window and it actually helps me focus a little bit, right, right. you know, kind of think about what, what they're talking about. Well, you just can't do that on a screen or maybe we should all just agree that it's okay <laughs> to, to do that. Yes. Really look away from the, the screen. Yeah. <laughs> Or play around with your virtual backgrounds after a while. I mean, it kind of gets to be a thing. I have virtual background fatigue right now. Really? I think our small groups seem to be enjoying kind of having fun with that. We just had a birthday on our staff. And so as a surprise, um, he absolutely hates balloons. He thinks they're the tackiest thing ever. So we all got pictures of balloons. And when the call started, we all had balloons as our background. And he loved it. (laughs) That's good. I like that. But, no, but we like couldn't have a t- serious meeting without, right. we had to kind of change everything to when we got down to business because it was so distracting. Yeah. I do love the, any virtual background that has Tiger King in it um, <laughs> just because I'm obsessed. So I do like those. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't have thought you were a Tiger King fan, but now, now we know things. Oh, yeah. no, <laughs> this bad. is what you learn. You know, there's a Tiger King statue right next to you right now. <laughs> this is how you collect things. <laughs> All right. And then you suggest to have a Zoom Sabbath. Um, yeah, that, that's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you need times when you're just not going to do Zoom. I mean, we need Sabbaths normally, you know, hopefully at least one day a week, you're able to take time and, and not you know, work or do tasks or, or errands or whatever that is. And you mm-hmm. can kind of focus in on refreshing your soul and your mind. And we need the same thing with, with Zoom. Um, we need days where we can just kind of not think about looking at a screen or looking at a Zoom meeting. Um, because what is happening is our lives are beginning to blur. So, yeah. you know, we yeah. normally have these lines you know, if you have an office, you go to the office, you do your meetings, right. and then you come home. You know, and there's a there's a there's a, a line there. Now, I know that people that work from home, they have learned to overcome this. But those of us mm-hmm. who don't, this is a new thing for us. So everything can get blurred in together. And so, like you said, you can go from screen to screen to screen. And so it's good to just you know at least one day every other week say no Zoom meetings today. And obviously, you're gonna have to work that out with your boss. Right. Um, make sure that that's okay. But you know, I think it's good for you. It's good for your health. It's good for your mind to just unplug from Zoom. And I say Zoom. We're all blaming this on Zoom. Poor Zoom. Hangouts. <laughs> oh, not WebEx. poor Zoom. Their their stock is worth a bajillion dollars. They're doing this great. This is true. This is true. <laughs> Anything you're doing online, just unplug from it and take a day and, and have a Zoom Sabbath. So how's that different than your number six, which was to schedule a technology break? Yeah. Uh, 
I, I think that you also need to unplug from all electronics, mm. um, at least occasionally, you know, because it's all getting blurred together, you know, not just Zoom meetings, but, you know, we go from Zoom meetings to watching Netflix on our iPads to a FaceTime call with my daughter on my phone, you know, and all of this is just kind of adding up to not just Zoom fatigue, but technology fatigue. So yeah. I think it's good to schedule in. You know, if you can do a day a week, that's great. If you can, at least once or twice a month where, hey, I'm going to stay off my phone. I'm going to stay off Twitter. I'm going to stay off Netflix, you know, all of that. And I'm going to be a healthy person on the other side of it. Yeah, I think we needed that even probably before. And now it's gotten worse. I mean, if you look at, um, and I recently did look at, you know, my uh, screen time, you know, how oh, yeah. the phone tells you. you. Yeah, yeah. And I was really doing well because I've been working on this for a while to limit my screen time. And then this all happened. <laughs> and my screen time is higher than it's ever been. And it's because a lot of it is just out of necessity um, yeah. with doing our, our work. But I, I think to carve out, and if you can't do a day, I mean, just even carve out a morning. Sometimes yes. I'll leave my phone upstairs and be downstairs for um, you know several hours on purpose and not have my texting on my um, laptop and things. Just as a discipline, I think it's too easy to just fall into that. You know what is interesting though, Chris, is that I have been kind of weaning myself off Facebook um, I had gone on a trip to Israel a couple months ago and I didn't have, uh, I didn't go on Facebook at all during that time. And I found it really kind of uh, relaxing and helpful. And I thought, you know, I've barely been on it anyway, but I'll just kind of go off of it. But then with um, this pandemic and the online stuff and the connections, I'm on Facebook now the way I used to be when it was first new and shiny and cause everybody else is on it. Yeah. So there's just a lot more sharing. There's a lot more, our, our church online makes it a lot more content to be um, using on Facebook. Our small group network page is just like, it's been blowing up. Um, mm -hmm. People are craving those connections and those are really good ways to use those tools. But I like um, and appreciate your word of caution that even as we use those tools to help us connect, to make sure that's not eroding our souls in ways that we can't sustain. Yeah. Um, one thing that I found for me is since this pandemic started, one of the first things that I would do is I'd wake up, I'd pull out my phone, I'd pull up the news. Yeah. To see yeah, what's through, going on. Right. What's the latest? What can we mm -hmm. do today? You know, and I just found myself just starting in this really bad mood and just <laughs> feeling down and depressed before I'd even started my day. And so I have really tried my best to discipline myself to not look at any news until mm -hmm. after noon. Um, yeah. Or, you know, if I have some some assignments that morning, do those first and, and definitely get into the Word and into the Bible and do my spiritual disciplines, you know, before I look at anything, because it was just, it was ruining me on the inside. It was just, just tearing, yeah. tearing me down. And yeah, so anything that we can do to kind of refill ourselves and get away from all of that is going to be good. Yeah, I, I, that's a really good word. I think um, uh, related to the technology break, and I would add at this too. I was reading about how it helps um, to have your workspace separated from your living space, kind of like what you're saying. Things are just blurring so much. Mm -hmm. um, but apparently, this was from a neurologist, uh, but secondhand through me, not a neurologist. But <laughs> the idea is that our brains need that separation um, so that we cue ourselves when we see our desk. Um, it cues us. Okay, now I'm in work mode. Kind of like getting dressed um, or, you know, doing your hair.
there or whatever it kind of is the cue for that or taking drinking coffee or whatever so the idea is you know even if you work in a really small space or studio or, or um a small apartment you can still have one chair that's kind of a dedicated workspace um so they recommend not taking zoom calls especially sitting against your bed mm-hmm. um that people are having trouble sleeping now because they're doing too much sitting up on their beds taking calls doing online mm-hmm. stuff and people in urban areas that live in small apartments that may be the only place that they get good wi-fi and mm-hmm. they need to be but they really urged um people to keep your workspace separate from your sleep space separate from your um, family space or your personal space to be like the kitchen. We have this joke. I have two college students living um, now at home, uh, sheltering in place. And the first week it was chaos. Everyone had like, they brought three devices home each. So the first thing I did was buy a Wi-Fi booster because clearly we can't, e- yeah, we can't exist like this. And then, um, then my younger daughter said, okay, so here's how it's going to go. Mom, your office is going to be like the library. It's the quiet zone. And if you really need to listen to a lecture or talk on Zoom, then that's where you go. We close the door. It's more soundproof. Okay. The living room is going to be like the quad. This is where you socialize. If you want to talk, you come here. If you need to eat, you go to the dining hall, which apparently my kitchen. Um, and then, so she just kind of went through and labeled and the dorms are upstairs, your sleeping quarters. Okay. So great. I'm like, do you want to make me a map? Like my house has been taken over by all these things. <laughs> and apparently you can order to your cafeteria chef what you want to eat, your omelet Ooh. for the morning. Apparently this is what they do in some private colleges. I'm like, yeah, that's not happening. So we kind of, now it's, we've gotten into a rhythm, but we literally had a, a schedule outside my home office to say when they needed to be in for their, um, commitments. And so in some ways we joked about it, but it was helpful That's because perfect. then we, we could like relax when we were in the, you know, the um, quad. So we could just kind of <laughs> hang out there and not be worried about bothering each other. So if you weren't there, we weren't supposed to talk to you. If you were in the <laughs> library, you can't be talking. So I think I mean, that's a bit artificial, but I think there is something about saying, Hey, there's spaces for certain things. Um, and it, it keeps our mind, it, it helps our minds kind of um, gravitate towards that. And and still important to get good sleep. So certainly yep. the bed is not a place to have Zoom calls. <laughs> yep. But no, we, we've done the same thing. We live in a smaller condo in downtown Nashville. And so there's not a lot of, lot of space to, to kind of spread out. Aren't and you glad so, you downsized just in time? <laughs> I know. Perfect timing, right? Um they said it'd be fun uh, moving downtown. They said you walk to restaurants. You did. You used to walk to yeah. restaurants, yeah. walk to back, work. <laughs> back in the old life. But uh, so we had to, basically, I crashed my wife's office, which is a part of our bedroom. Um, but we've hung a curtain between the office space. Oh, that's a great idea. The bedroom. And it kind of, it does. It helps us separate. So when we go to bed at night, we close that curtain. It closes mm. off, you know, all the technology and, and everything else. And that's, that's been super helpful. So, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it looks like we're in this for for a while. And I think down the road, even after um, things are, we're allowed to move about freely and return to work and everything, I think especially in small groups ministry, um, some groups are going to continue meeting online. Um, I had groups that were resistant before and now they really like it. Uh, It's easier with the kids. They meet later when the kids are down. You can come in your sweats. You don't have to commute. You don't have to clean your house. There's some definite positives. And what positives have you noticed? I, yeah, I think there's a lot of positives. I think it's easier to attend a, a group. I mean, with our own personal group, we've had members who had kind of dropped out of mm-hmm. our group. Um, we had one uh, 
couple that got married and got pregnant and so it was harder to come to group and right. we have kind of a late they have been coming to our our group meetings since we went online um we've had several people like that that you know we hadn't seen in a while that are joining our group so i think there's a barrier that has been broken in just being able to click on a link so i mm-hmm. think that's a definite positive and i think people it's funny they've been more willing to open up mm-hmm. online than they were a lot of times in our living room um, and, and some of it has to do with what they're going through right now. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff, but you know, they have, they have opened up and, and kind of talked and everyone has had a chance to do that, which not all never, never happens when we do an in-person yeah. meeting. So I think, yeah, there have been some positives definitely. And I see going forward, let's take the positives and let's yes. integrate it into the new normal because yes. it's not going to be the same, but yeah. let's, you know, let's integrate. Uh, technology. Let's integrate online groups and take what worked in and make it better. Yeah, and I think uh, that's such a good word. It's for some of our groups exactly the same: more consistency, um, different participation. And I've told our leaders, um, "Hey, just embrace it for for now." Some of them will go back to a physical meeting only, but embrace it for now and do some fun stuff like you know, show each other your houses or your a favorite uh, vacation photo, or do a little scavenger hunt. I mean, there's all these icebreakers you can do that you normally would not be able to do, and so they really like that and have embraced that. Um, one group did a, you know, pick a fa- favorite object and tell your story about it, and they said it was really meaningful. People shared stories about their families of origin, their grandparents. I mean, just it's interesting what is meaningful to people. And normally what we're not going to bring that into a physical meeting and go, Hey Chris, I brought you, you know, this really a special thing that my grandfather gave me. That's like weird, but it's fine if it's sitting on the shelf behind you and you're like, Hey, what is that thing behind you? And then they get to share a story. So it feels more personal. I think that does cause people to open up. Um, but for all the positives though, I, I think it's important, um, especially for the foreseeable future that we do some of these, um, these guardrails to make sure we don't burn out. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't get off the the thought of somebody bringing pictures of their bedroom to. Uh, <laughs> here's here's pictures of our bathroom and our bedroom, um, you know, to a physical group. So I'm just I'm still stuck on the tour of your house. But we may we may have to. Maybe do that's that. a California thing. I don't know. Somebody in a meeting. Um, the only place that she had silence away from her young children was in the bathroom, and she had the pretty chandelier in her bathroom. So we had to take a minute to admire her chandelier because she had just had it installed. And we're like, "Where are you?" And she then she showed. Us. She's actually sitting on her tub with the chandelier above, but we couldn't tell. All we saw was this pretty chandelier, so it became kind of a fun thing. Um, so it's, it kind of forces vulnerability, which I'm all about forcing vulnerability. So oh, yeah. it's... For, force it out there. Yeah. <laughs> I think for all of us, just remembering that the ultimate goal in, in this is community. Yes. And right now we have uh, a weird sense of community, but we want to you know continue it and grow it so that when we're back together, we're like, oh man, we missed you, but mm-hmm. we're still caught up on each other's lives. So we will be back together someday. But I think this has allowed us to see a different side of life, different side of people that we may have not seen if all of this hadn't happened. Right. That's so true. So thanks so much, Chris, for your thoughts and um, for this topic um, and just being such a great guest. Is there anything um, final you'd like to share? Um, no, I would just like to get the contract for being an adjunct co-host. <laughs> well, so let Steve Glade know. I think you're still waiting on the special swag you were supposed to get after the last time. Yeah, I was supposed to get a signed poster of Steve. 
<laughs> Did that not that. happen? I feel happen. like I, I, I submitted the request, you know, this, I, I, that's all I can do. I have very little power in this organization. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm always thankful, Carolyn, for the chance to, uh, to be on the podcast and to contribute to the, the network. I love it. it. Talk about community, man. Yeah. It has come together, just people giving ideas and here's what's working, here's what's not working right. in my church. So it's so fun to watch. It is. And we uh, and you can connect with Chris through our small group network Facebook page. He's a regular participant and contributor. If you need anything from Lifeway, he's a great go-to source on that, or at least he knows who to go to for it. There you go. <laughs> um, and you can also contact him at com. He has a consulting coaching um, side gig there as well. Um, and he is a really great resource on small group stuff. So check out his page. Um, thank you so much, Chris. God bless you and your ministry. Thank you. You too. Um, And thank you all for listening to Group Talk. Until next time, remember, we are better together. Hey, Small Group Network family. Jason Banzoff here, Group Talk producer and Small Group Network creative arts director. Thank you to Carolyn and Chris for that great episode. I know I'm getting a little zoomed out. Not sure if you are, but I know that was refreshing. It's always a pleasure to have Chris on the podcast as well. Now, before we go, let's talk about a few things. With COVID-19 being a big conversation around small groups and churches, we have specific resources for you. Stay up to date with all of our COVID-19 small group resources by bookmarking smallgroupnetwork.com slash COVID-19, where you can find our articles, videos, and podcasts. Also, visit smallgroupnetwork.com and register as a member to enjoy a variety of free, insightful small group ministry resources. Members also have the ability to join or start huddles and connect with and message fellow small group point people around the world. Lastly, if you're on Facebook, join our dynamic Facebook group community that has surpassed 4,500 members and gleaned from the thousands of small group ministry ideas, interactions, questions, and answers found here. I'll tell you what, let me tell you something about that Facebook group. When I first started in small group ministry, that Facebook group has saved my life, and I guarantee it'll do the same for you as well. So thank you so much for joining us this week on Group Talk, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you enjoy this program, please take a few minutes to give us a positive rating on iTunes so that other small group point people can find us more easily. We encourage you to visit our website at smallgroupnetwork.com to access our library of free resources, connect to a huddle with other small group ministry leaders in your area, read our blog articles, or join us on our Facebook group. Don't forget to use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.